in five, four, three, two, one. Cheers. 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 Welcome back, everybody, to the Wine Thursday podcast, where some of us are drinking some wine, but we are all definitely going to be talking some shit. I'm your host, one of your co-hosts, Mario, and we also have Avery. It's good. Aya. Yurt. Bryn. Hello, hello. And Jess. Hi, stay hydrated. So guys, in all of our previous episodes, I'm sure that y'all have hopefully been keeping up, and if you haven't, please give our previous episodes a listen. I'm sure there will be some conversations that it will is even spice up your topic discussions. But for previous episodes, it's been a lot about media. Uh, we touched on you know anime, cartoons. What better way to kind of segue that into talking about music? Now, a lot of you probably listen to a lot of different genres of music, ranging from hip-hop to rock to even house, EDM. Shit, if you listen to classical, I'm down with that too. But here we're going to discuss music. And what better way to talk about music to explain to you guys what is music and why we love it. When it comes to music, anything really, instruments, even production, over the years, technology has kind of like made music really spicy in terms of like entertainment purpose and more than just kind of picking up something and learning it. It actually becomes even more than just a song. It becomes more kind of like a speech to us. It speaks to us. And for me personally, music is kind of like how you would say way to kind of interpret life, kind of way to kind of present yourself. Certain music genres kind of explain a person in one aspect, but not entirely. And music is kind of a way to get away from the real world a little bit. Same way how people kind of treat video games. They kind of treat it as like some type of way to be outside of reality. Because I know a lot of you guys probably listen to music when it comes to studying, working out, or just laying in bed midnight the day before something big and you just kind of need something to relax you down. So I kind of want to ask the rest of my co-hosts in this pod, why do you love music? And... What kind of favorite genres of music do you listen to? Take it away, Penny! <laughs> <laughs> okay, Avery's indisposed right now, so I'll start. Well, really, like, to be quite frank, music has, like, saved my life in a lot of different ways. From, like, you know, to the most grim, you know, type of thing. I, I won't get into that, but yeah, it's it's definitely saved my life. And then I've mentioned before on this podcast that I've been, I was in the hospital this past year. And the one thing was definitely just listening to music. Avery was kind enough during uh during that time to make me a a playlist when I didn't really I didn't really want to talk to anybody while I was in the hospital, but he he was able to talk to me through music through the music that he put in the playlist, so it was very nice. So I think it's it's really just like a universal language for for anybody if you don't speak the same language or you don't know how someone's feeling, then they can display that through through music. Like my most like favorite genre is probably like pop punk, screamo type of type of deal. Favorite band, as all my friends here know, is Pierce the Veil. I only got like I'm really into EDM, but only the maybe like seriously as in the like, the last four years because I went to like a bunch of raves and stuff. I mean, growing up, music has always been like very present in my life and like my household like our family was like the typical kind where like they're always like blasting like 80s music or like 90s like R&B when we're like cleaning the house you know on the weekend so like that was always like what I was listening to I've said it a couple times but like even when my dad would like be driving me to school or something he would always be playing like anime OPs in the car <laughs> so like we always or or he would always play like 
uh, 90s like grunge music too. I had like a wide range of a lot of stuff. I remember one time though, I think my dad was telling me the story of when I was really, really little. I was like sitting in the back seat of her car and like my dad is the kind of guy where like he'll just like blast the music like through the speakers. And like I was tiny, so like I can like feel like the, the car like shaking, like I can like feel it, like the vibrations like in the seat. And then I remember I was like telling my dad, I was like, I was like, dad, I can feel the music. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then like, I think my dad said something where it was like, you know, that's how it should always be. That's how it should always be. And I was like, I think I took that really seriously as a child. And I think that's kind of like how I kind of just interpreted music from then on. Just kind of like, it's something that'll like touch your soul, like in a very very unique way and like I've always used music as a way to like express the thoughts that sometimes I myself can't communicate all the time like I listen to like a lot of stuff but probably my favorite genres of right now is probably R&B I'm sure you guys know my favorite artist is Kehlani I'm wearing her album shirt show off the tat in memory I also have a tat of her from her she's she saw it on Twitter. She retweeted it. Oh, I love her. But yeah, and like similar to you, I like music has definitely played a part in saving my life in so many different ways. Yeah, I think music is just really, really beautiful in that sense of how it just can like, you know, reach down in ways that we never could understand. I, I totally forgot to mention, once you said 80s music, I was like, oh shit, I forgot. My dad's a DJ, so <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Bruh. That's, that's how he brought over my, my oldest brother and my mom over from the Philippines to the US. He made money through being a DJ, so yeah, it's been in there for, for a long time. So. I think music has been something that's been a part of my life before I could register that I liked music. Maybe in part because... I'm the younger one, and my brother was already taking piano lessons by the time I could hear. <laughs> so I was there was it was just already this thing that I could play. When I think about the genres that were playing around me, yeah, a lot of '80s music. I grew up on a lot of Hawaiian music because my dad just played the discography of I think it's like the Casimero Brothers. If anyone listening knows who that is, and I'd listen to that over and over again. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire discography was like always on repeat and then growing up as like a kid my grandfather always picked me up or my lolo and he was always playing frank sinatra so those kinds of songs were just always playing and if it was outside of that all the influence came from my cousins or that was disney or you started going into like punk and it's all like fallout boy and panic of the disco and like i can't think of anything else off of that but paramore paramore yeah <laughs> I think just a string of bands. There was a point where video games and that genre of music collided. And to me, they're like both synonymous to each other. So when I play Smash, I got to listen to like Paramore or Fallout Boy or something um, for whatever reason. And, and then I think like the, the weird thing is growing up, I don't know. I was always jealous of people who could like go to concerts because I had never been to like an actual, I guess, artist concert. Not like my band concerts or whatever, like, you know, um, like an actual music artist. Not until I think I got to college and I saw Owl City for like the first time. That was like my first concert, I think. It was with my best friend. Oh my god. That was the first time I had like seen a concert. But any time before that, I don't know that I had a favorite genre in particular. Like I wanted to understand music better. But I think in the time that we all grew up, like there wasn't 
there was LimeWire, <laughs> but there wasn't anything like really iTunes, I guess, yet. MP3 players were still a thing, so you had to buy your own music. And unfortunately, like video games, that wasn't something that I could always get my hands on. All my music came through either my cousins, my best friend definitely, and I think that's how I started getting into EDM, question mark. Because I didn't realize Maddion was EDM when I was in high school, and that Maddion is also my age. So when I heard Maddion for the first time outside of being like a high schooler, I was like, oh my god, I've been listening to this guy since I was like super young. Same goes for probably Porter and Zed too. I guess I am leaning more towards EDM. That's probably nowadays because I listen to a lot of that. But yeah, favorite genres, I'm going to say probably some jazz, some punk, and oh yeah, I'm a jazz band kid. That's why I like jazz. I don't know, it is kind of all over the place. Everything I just mentioned, I don't want to relist that. But yeah, music has had a, had a big influence on my life. I kind of play the piano still, and I play the drums, and I just got a drum kit or electric drum kit, so I'm trying to get back into that hobby. Yeah, honestly, I love music, and it's just a huge part of my life. Uh, I'm a dance. I don't know. I I was one of those yeah. one of those kids that were like their parents were like, okay, you're going to do you're going to do either dance or gymnastics or learn to play the piano or go to singing lessons or whatever. So I ended up doing like all of those, but like for a month each or something. <laughs> Me, like, yeah. Me. <laughs> I did for like, like that was it. Or yeah, like a year each. Like I I did I did a year of ballet. And then I had to I had to move schools. And then I did a year of piano. I did I think when I was like three, I did a year of singing lessons. But then they were like, "No, you're too young. You're not even paying attention. You're just like, you're just singing whatever you want. Sad about it. I want I, I want to go to singing lessons." <laughs> but um, I don't know. Yeah, like I graduated college with a dance minor. I play a little bit of guitar i play a little bit of the ukulele i like play a little bit of the piano but like i feel like music for me i have like this weird relationship with music where it's like i have a love-hate relationship with it where i love it i love i love listening to it i love like creating it creating to it but also i have this frustration with it because of like the creative aspect of it where sometimes I'll just like get completely sick of it where it's like I can't I can't do this anymore I can't dance to it I can't sing a song or whatever just because it becomes too much so I don't know I guess I'm just weird and I have this like overstimulation with it but other than that that's my relationship um I listen what do I listen to I grew up listening to OPM my first concert, I believe, was with Jean Velasquez. So, like, and then my second, and I don't remember who her partner was, but then my second was, it was Glee with my cheer team. So, like, I have this really, yeah, don't, no, no, I can't. I'm just not surprised. No, no, do not, do not say that. Do not disrespect. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be surprised. You know what's funny is that my mom used to be a producer for, um, an OPM type of like entertainment group um, run by one of our family friends. So a lot of people who were like who would hang out usually at the time like at our house was like uh, Gary V, South Border, Sarah Geronimo, people Damn. like that. They were just over at our house and like so they were all like my titas and like titos and stuff. Hey, we need to talk about that later. Just his face is like. Okay, we need to talk about that later. <laughs> we'll go into that, but um. What else do I listen? Oh yeah, 
I mainly now nowadays I go through this cycle where I listen to the songs that I have to choreograph to and that's all I can listen to but other than that probably the songs on the radio that my sister shows me because she's a very pop person and then probably musical theater because dance i don't know why i didn't plug this oh sorry no i I just gotta i think with the love hate thing okay no that's just unrelated i'm not gonna get into that but in terms of listening to stuff because i think like mario said you know if you're doing work or something and then i thought of our like spotify things for 2021 or 2020 i don't know if everyone did that but my entire spotify thing i want to say just i'm just gonna call it for covid was like all lo-fi like everything transitioned away from every playlist i have into yours lo- was definitely yeah mine was like all lo-fi and like persona 5 music and that was it and i didn't realize how much i had all of that on repeat and then i guess another like to jonathan's question last week like guilty pleasure is when i'm listening to music i listen to anime songs by this one youtube dude who plays them in all classical like he rewrites all of them and i just listen to that because it's like there's no words and it sounds beautiful and I can get work done. I don't know. Classical, for some reason, like turns on a switch in my head where I'm just like, all right, it's like hustle time. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Mario. You know, like oddly for me, I can't listen to like any music if I'm trying to concentrate if it doesn't if it doesn't have words. Like mm-hmm. if it doesn't have words, then I start oh, getting sleepy. I think because like it it keeps me even though it's like distracting, it keeps me awake. I don't I don't know how else to explain it. Like it keeps me some somewhat like on track rather than like de- like deter me from like doing my work yeah i'm the opposite because if it has words i like get into it and i start singing i, then... I start paying attention to the <laughs> yeah. and like if i'm typing something i start typing the lyrics because i'm just focusing on that too much i'm like the same as you Avery, I think... but like i listen i would listen to like musical scores from like my favorite movies or something i don't know it just helps me focus more and then like it makes it makes me feel like you know like I need to get shit done now. Like this is a moment. Yeah. See, I I think because I just have that ability to split, like the words from the music, but the words somehow it is still in the back of my mind, so it's keeping me attracted at least to like my my computer if I'm doing computer work. I'm completely the opposite. I can't listen to like anything when I work because what will happen is I'll zone out, and then my brain. Okay, my brain is wired to choreograph so when i zone out i see i like choreograph like on whatever i'm working on it's so bad you you do tend to to dance whenever there's music on especially if you're feeling it like you'll just be doing like some you'll call some out sort of thing and i know you'll be like and especially like if it if someone kind of starts dancing you'll be like no this is how you do it and then you do it yeah i we're like let's create a routine right now (laughs) that's that's my brain that's why i have a love-hate relationship (laughs) for those who didn't know jess is a dancer yeah Mm. oh and (laughs) she was your captain (laughs) yeah but yeah anyways just to finish off the topic for me music i've always listen to music whenever it's driving whenever it's just going to school i would listen to music in class during high school because i I honestly cannot concentrate in class most of the time for some reason having one earbud in would be enough for me to like listen to two things at the same time i guess you can say that's a multitask that's why people should Uh, get airpod pros because then you can just put on transparency and then you can listen to everything outside and then while listening to music 
Apple, but, please sponsor us. Thank you. Definitely. <laughs> Honestly, when it came to music, um, mostly I'm more of a hip hop rap kind of guy. That's my top genre next to um, rock would follow that too. But I think hip hop is more of an influence to me because it's caused me to like learn kind of rhyme schemes and kind of actually opened up a dictionary. I'm not going to lie with you. It kind of caused me to like look at a thesaurus, kind of look at anything that will make me it'll teach me like words i didn't know existed but mean the same thing as the most basic words we all learned mario's a very and... good lyricist yes lyricist yes. yeah is that how you say it mm -hmm. yeah 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 and a good a very good, good freestyle writer. list and rapper i think um mars I, bars. I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why i call myself mars bars but also the fact that like it kind of took a while because there was a moment in high school where I would just sit down at lunch with my friends and I would zone out to mute to an instrumental that I really liked a lot. And I would spend all of lunchtime just kind of writing. My friends would just no, have no idea what the hell I'm doing because I zone out of the conversation. And then all of a sudden I get right back into it when someone's like tapping my shoulder and be like, hey, are you good? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm just doing something real quick. It's like, what are you writing? I'm like, lyrics. I'm like, you write? It's like, not really. But I'm giving it a shot. It takes a while. A lot of crumpled pieces of paper were in my backpack during those time of days. Because, like, it would take me no longer than five minutes to just... I wouldn't even bother racing. I'd just crumple up a piece of paper and just throw it into recycling. I would just be like, no, this ain't it. I'd do that, like, a hundred times. Damn, like that? Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> that was just me. But it it caused me to, like, really look at hip-hop look at what rappers be saying like for example one of the first people that i would listen to on the daily was nas and nas was more kind of like a 90s kind of rapper people like to glorify the 90s but i'm gonna be honest with you there's there's artists in today's decade that do the same style they're just not mainstream but that kind of art's still there and it was more emphasized in the 90s because back then it wasn't about what they called trap because now that's a new kind of rap genre that kind of hopped in the scene not too long ago, where it was like, it kind of changed the rap game a little bit. It, was, it wasn't it was about more what you're saying. It's more about what kind of like wordplay, kind of messing around with certain words and then mix that in with some increased production on like bass and like just it creates something else. Now, a lot of people will say mumble rap trash. And for the most part, it is. But a lot of mumble rap is really just an expression. It's just something you can vibe to. You don't necessarily have to say music has to be something you can like sit down and be like, oh yeah, I could totally relate to it. Honestly, sometimes music is just, you just want to put something out and you just want people to just like kind of head bop to it, you know? So that's what I like about music. But since we've been talking a lot about artists and like whose concerts we've been to and who we like the most, kind of want to jump into that because I think all of us here have been to at least one concert outside of a school event. Yeah. Maybe so. Yes. Got it. so. Did you want us to raise our hands, like in, in unison, or what? Yes, because <laughs> Professor Mario is kind of waiting for that. But anywho, we all listen to a bunch of artists, and a lot of them we've, hopefully, some of us have gotten the chance to see some of our favorite artists in person in live. However, some artists that we love and enjoy are a lot different live than you'd be hearing on a studio record. So what I like to ask you guys is, who was an artist that stood out to you the most? It could be your favorite artist, or it could be an artist you just started listening to and you saw them live and you just thought, damn, they're actually really good. It was somebody you've seen live that just kind of, yeah, this is it. This is the best concert I've ever been to. Scared me. 
<laughs> By the way, sorry. Miso's input. That was Miso's. And I was like, I thought that came from Mario. I was like, where'd you bark from? <laughs> but yeah, um, oh. I'll go since Avery is once again indisposed. <laughs> I I still have to say it's Pierce the Veil, man. Like, I went to um self help fest in San Bernardino. I think in 2015. I saw a lot of like a lot of really great artists. One specifically that was from Long Beach, um, which is This Wildlife. A lot of people know This Wildlife from I think Puppy Love, th- their song Puppy Love. It's really cute and really like so cute. Pierce Cyrus and Pierce the Veil both played. Sigma Cyrus was great, love them, but Pierce the Veil just like took my breath away from the way the stage set up, from how the canvas of they're colliding with the sky, like floating girl, floating woman silhouette is. They had it up covering the whole stage and then they had lights behind them. So you could see as soon as the music started, you could see their silhouettes from the lights that were shining behind them. And you could just feel the energy change. Fuck, I forgot what the intro song is from Colliding with the Sky. But then it transitions into Hell Above. And as soon as it transitions to Hell Above, like the canvas drops and you see them and everyone's just going crazy. And that was, like, it for for all of their songs. But specifically, what I really liked about that festival in general was when they played I'm Low on Gas. And it was just Vic doing an acoustic version of that song. I don't know. that I was really going through, like, as, as I mentioned before, like, going through a tough time. That's why music saves my life. Because when it, what, like, oh, there I go. Oh. It's been a while since we've seen that. If you're watching, play along. Every single time I as camera goes out take a sip of whatever beverage you're drinking yeah what i was saying is that you know i i mentioned this before that i had like i go through tough times and then perfectly like that's when music comes in and save and saves me that was one of those times like listening to that song specifically listening to how it's delivered and then seeing the response in 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 the audience of how they they sing along not just sing along you know in in most like songs there are like layers to them like there's like a some there's like you can kind of hear like a hype man or like something like doing like a back audio type of like ad lib or something there's kind of some of that in in that song and the whole crowd does harmony melody and then the ad libs for some reason the front part of the audience did the ad lib on one specific part of the of that song and the rest did like like the melody and stuff it was it was oddly like very you could feel how unified everyone was and that was throughout that whole set. And that's how I felt every time listening to Pierce the Veil, either live or just in the car or something. I can honestly say, like, they are the specific band or artists that have saved my life, and that's why I listen to them. There's, like, a lot of concerts that I can, like, think of that were, like, really important to me. But the first one probably that came to mind was probably in, in 2016, I went to a Coldplay concert for their A Head Full of Dreams tour. It was at the Rose Bowl. And it was one of the most beautiful concerts that I had ever been to, like, my whole life. It was really cool because when you walk into Rose Bowl, they had, like, these light-up, colorful, like, bracelets. And depending on, like, where you were seated, like, in the stadium, your bracelet would, like, light up. And it would be, like, in a certain color. And it would go off at, like, a certain time. So, like... Throughout, like, the concert, depending, like, if there's, like, a song or something, you would just see, like, a wave of light. And, like, their tour was very, like, with a whole bunch of, like, rainbow colors. So you would just see waves of rainbows, like, go throughout the whole stadium. And, like, it was really, really cool. 
Yeah. And um, ever since I was like little, like my dad always played like old play. Like he got me really into like, oh, I forgot to mention this earlier. But like besides like R&B, I also love like alternative stuff. So like um, alternative rock, pop, alternative R&B, like those are like my favorite genres as well. And growing up, Coldplay was very important in my life and it got me through a lot of hard times. When I was at the concert, I remember they were like playing a couple songs and there was one moment where they were going to go into the next song and all the bracelets, they like turned off for like 10 seconds and everyone was like, what's going on? What? What the heck? And then all of a sudden, you just see all the bracelets turn yellow. Ooh. And that, that, and like everyone was like, oh my God, what? And then you just hear like the guitar come in, just like strum really, really hard. And like that song was, it helped me many, many times. And I just remember hearing that. And I was just like crying. And I was like, <laughs> I love them so much. And then I remember like earlier, like later on in the concert, when he, when Chris sang, fix you he did this thing where he just kind of like laid down like on the stage and he just was like you know i just want to like sit lay here and just take in the moment and he just let the whole audience sing that whole entire song and like he was just quiet and you could just see how much like that song had like affected so many people and it was so beautiful and yeah i think that concert is probably one of my favorites ever i don't go to a lot of concerts mainly because couldn't afford it. I I can probably count how many I've been to. I I've been to four. I think I've been to four. Uh, the Regine Velasquez one, uh, the Glee one, the um, uh, the Jonas Brothers one that we went to together. And I think I went. Yes, to... Jonas Brothers. Oh. Woo! Yes. <laughs> and I think I think I um the last the one right before that I went to a Taylor Swift concert with my sister because that's my Me sister. I met Ruby Rose at a Taylor Swift concert. It was great. Dang. Yeah, I've only been to those four concerts. And I think, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like I, the one turning point moment for me was probably when my phone mic broke at the Jonas Brothers concert. That was probably it. Damn. I mean, yeah, I think. Mario, I wish you were there. Yeah, it was, that was a time. <laughs> It was good. It was a really good concert. Um, really I think fun. besides the disappointment of my phone breaking, I got a good vinyl out of it. That was fun. Yeah, I'm like, I I feel like I've, I'm in one of those situations where it's like these are the one these are the things that I've like definitely missed out on, where I couldn't go to a lot of concerts and like the two concerts that I remember or the two concerts that I was able to go to by myself was not by myself but like that I can actually enjoy saying and not being like oh haha i went to these other two concerts it's the jonas brothers and the taylor swift one but can i just say glee was great i agree i'm 100 percent a good concert like as as much as some of the cast and stuff are kind of trash whatever like you you can't help but like just admit that glee was a certain part of your life and you can't Mm -hmm. get rid of it ever yes absolutely but if we're thinking about it in a different way, my favorite concert that I went to was probably Newsies Live. Gotta say, I watched it like three times. You can't say that shows aren't technically concerts because they are. They're just oh, yeah, plot based. It's definitely like, 
Yeah. You know, it's a show. I would argue that anything that has music in it, in it and it's a showcase is in its definition kind of just a show. Or yeah. like at least mm-hmm. a concert of displaying music. Like it falls within the category. Yeah, Newsies was great. I went backstage. That was a fun time. Look, what? the cast opened. Yeah, because my cousin, his best friend from college, was in the cast. So we got a tour backstage. It was fun. That's cool. Dope. It was at it was only at Pantages, but pa- backstage Pantages was fun. Last thing I saw Pantages was Frozen, <laughs> but it was good. I'm sure. I think what I saw at Pantages is probably my favorite show that I've watched, which was Phantom of the Opera. Dude, I watched mm-hmm. Wicked at Pantages, and it was great. I want to see Wicked so bad. I couldn't afford it. I wanted to as well. <laughs> the only thing was that there there was like a group of people who it was me, my mom, and my grandma. And we went to, like, a restaurant beforehand that was also, like, a bar. And there were people there that were, like, drinking a lot. And when we sat down at Pantages, the same people sat, like, beside us that we noticed. One girl threw up, and we had to sit through the whole first act smelling the, like, the Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the, the good thing about my outfit that day was that I had a scarf. So, like, me, my mom, and my grandma were all just sharing the scarf, just going like this. The whole first act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the show doesn't stop for anything that's actually a really common thing by the way like when people just yeah. throw up and it doesn't stop you just keep yeah. going but the good thing my mom's kind of like a filipino karen is that like she went to like a manager or something and just complained and so we got like free food and like beverage tickets or so or something um and i think the whole row did so like oh, during nice. um intermission we just all we all got food in terms of a show for me I love going to music festivals. Infamously, I'm a rolling loud kind of guy. I always have something memorable physically on my body whenever I go to rolling loud because I love to mosh. I think one year mosh. I had a sprained I had a sprained ankle in one year and then the next year I had a black eye. That's because I like yeah. to get yeah. I love to fucking throw haymakers no, in. Throwing hands at a mosh pit is like it's so fun. <laughs> like you don't even mean it. But, like, it's for the culture. Now, as much as I like that kind of environment, I do go to a lot of standalone concerts. And I do have some... I I have two in mind for Shirley that kind of stood out to me. One's more for the storybook purpose of their album. And the second one is more for just them as a performer. Obviously, the storybook one goes to J. Cole. I went to go see J. Cole live for... Not, his Forest Hills Drive was lit, but I think the For Your Eyes Only tour was more impactful to me, unpopular opinion, because the man had a story in that album, those who listen from top to bottom, talks about a certain individual that J. Cole knows personally, and he was able to adapt this whole trapped, trapped in the ghetto kind of mindset. Like, he walked into the concert wearing, I don't know what the proper term is, but it's like a jail fit. Walked in with, like, prisoner number with this and that he was in handcuffs he had people in like escorting him to the stage with handcuffs and people were like yo this is kind of crazy throughout the concert he'd break the cuffs he would be kind of like you can kind of sense he's speaking about slowly breaking freedom from like not just his past but like moving forward because like for a guy like him who grew up in in north carolina in charlotte his lifestyle 
does he have a really great upbringing he has a lot of stories to tell and he did it with actual evidence like he had photos of fbi agents breaking into a crack house next door to him he would talk about personal stories about what happened to him and his mom his family and how everything just kind of like relates to a song he dropped in the album and of course he brought up some older music he even taught us some secrets like for example you didn't know neighbors by j cole the instrumental for that is actually the reversed version of forbidden fruit yeah i love that. i love that he did that it's like it's so like after he played neighbors he was like hold on hold on i don't think y'all really understand where i got this beat from and he's like, listen to it closely. And he replayed the instrumental. And he would it would slowly go from what it sounded like originally. And you could just kind of hear the, the music morph. And it just goes, mm, and then it just goes right into Forbidden Fruit. Like, doom, 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 doom. And everyone was like, yo, what the f***? You know, you're just like, holy shit. And then he tries, he ties together why he did that. And why Neighbors was a song for the reason he used the same instrumental. In terms of entertainment purposes, another unpopular opinion. Because a lot of people don't like this artist. But Logic. When Logic had his The Incredible True Story tour, that shit was just like, it was a fireworks show. It was lit, you know, this and that. Everybody was having a great time. But the Everybody Tour? The Everybody Tour is more standout-ish to me. Because Logic did some things that went viral all over the media. Like, he would have intermissions. But they're not really intermissions. He decides to ask the crowd, like, interactive things. Like, hey, yo, guys. I'm going to take a little break real quick. Y'all want to see me play some video games? Everybody in the crowd's like, what? Video games? He's like, y'all want to see me play Mortal Kombat or Mario Kart? Tell me, which one? Me, me and my homie, you know, he's like, we going to play against each other, this and that. Who was the artist that played just like Smash right in the middle of like a... There was someone. Ooh. I don't remember who. It was either I... Mario Kart or if it was Smash. I don't remember. I feel like Logic also probably played Smash in one of his shows. Uh, yeah. Pro- if but anything, it's probably know. Logic. But I just remember just like, Hold on. Why? But at the same time, like, that's kind of dope. Like, this is kind of like people are getting into something that's definitely not what they paid for. But it's something that's just like, oh, shit, he did that. Another thing that he would do that a lot of artists like to do is also bring fans on stage for them to, like, be with them. And Logic is one of those people that, like, there was a fan in the crowd. Fun fact, the kid that he picked out in the crowd was holding, like, this big-ass poster saying, I can rap to all these songs. He had, like, a big-ass poster. He had, like, a list of like a queue of logic song that said i can rap this 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 and this all word for word and then i guess during the performance logic kind of like saw that poster and he kind of cut the performance in the middle of a song he just cut it off he's like whoa 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 time out time out time out what does your shit say what does your shit say you can rap anything anything and everyone's like oh you know because they thought like this kid oh he just wants clout and shit oh okay he just wants to you know get 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 something out of it but he he's like, all right, you know what? You really think so? I'll I'll bring you up. So he brings up this kid who happens to go to my high school, which was like, what? Oh, he went, yeah. yeah. And that kid also makes his own music. He has a SoundCloud and kind of like he has his own like catalog of things that he wrote himself. I didn't know that until after the fact. I looked him up because a lot of my friends on social media were like, hey, yo, that's that kid from Carlmine. I'm like, really? And I was like, damn. Logic chose him out. He asked him what his name was. I can't even think of his name. I just know he was from my old high school. But he asked him, like, okay, so I have these songs on your poster. Which one do you want to do? He's like, deadass. I'll give you a second mic. And he's like, hey, yo, give me a second mic. And everyone's like, yo, he's being put on the spot right now. Holy shit. And so 
shit like that was just like, damn, he's he just said, fuck it. I'm going to give somebody else a spotlight on my show and see what they got. If they if they fold, they fold. If they don't, that's clout for the night. But anyways, I think he chose Flexecution, and he and then he just, Logic himself turned his mic off. You can kind of see him just kind of like turn his mic off, and he just kind of like let the kid do the whole song. And the kid, at least for Flexecution, was not capping. He actually did word for word. He also did kind of sound kind of mumbly at certain points, but like, come on, man. Like, you really gonna catch up to that type of flow? Like, my man was on the spot. He's probably nervous. Probably had sweat going down his head. No one really expected him to be like 10 out of 10. But he was damn near pretty good. And like, shit like that, like, damn, that's that's dope as fuck. You know, shit, entertainment. When, when, when a performer, when an artist does more than just show up do a couple songs and then dip. It makes it it makes the concert more enjoyable. Not saying that we're not enjoying the music they're performing, but it's like that little extra that they do. It kind of shows that they like really put some effort into their shows. You know, it doesn't seem like they're just getting paid. They getting this they getting this check. They they gonna jump in and then they gonna bounce. Like they really be doing something with with their show and they it shows like their passion to what they be doing in their life because they're artists. You know, they put it they put their life on pen and paper and they expect us to just believe that's all they do but no they're human beings too they like to do other shit so it's pretty dope yeah that's why i think everyone was pretty upset when paramore announced that they they were going to stop doing misery business at their shows and, and like it, it's it's granted understandable that that's not their that what that song entails doesn't match with what they're trying to do now i get that but in all of their shows prior to them saying that they were going to do it anymore. They always chose someone from the crowd to do to do the the bridge right before the last chorus where it goes like I watch this wildest dreams come true not one of them involving you like that whole thing. They would just choose someone out of the crowd. In in a lot of cases like you would get a very very good singer belted out. Like you know it would make numbers on like YouTube and stuff. Like I I don't know it I always viewed artists to do that like say like jason mraz during that song with um kobe Kelly, lucky, uh, right? lucky lucky yeah. yeah he would always like at his own concerts he would pick someone out of the crowd to do the the kobe Kelly part i i always viewed those type of type of artists who just would give someone a voice if they were confident enough even if they were good like the the main point was that they were confident and they wanted to do it i always like admire those type of artists who just gave Gave the floor, no matter what happened. Same thing with um, who sings for Jasmine in Aladdin? He's Filipino. Leah Salonga. Yeah, there you Leia go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. There, there, there. Okay. At all, at all of her concerts, if she were to do um the Jasmine part for a whole new world, she would allow like a like a guy to come up and sing sing the Aladdin part. No matter how well or bad it went, she would just go with it. And, you know, there's just something about those type of artists who just give the stage to people who feel like they have a voice that needs to be heard. More power to them. It's all around just, just great, no matter how bad or good it is. While we're talking about shows, I kind of want to ask you guys, is there, like, a couple of artists or, like, one specific artist that, like, you haven't seen yet but, like, is on your bucket list? For me, it's probably... Well, I still haven't seen Kalani, which is kind of, like, surprising. I do want to see her. But her... And Out of all people, yeah. you haven't seen Kehlani? I know. It's, I know, I know. But, like, besides her, I would 
still, I still, I really, really want to see Ariana Grande and Bruno Mars. I just feel like they would just be so good, like entertainment wise. Bruno Mars live is so. It's just, it's, it's so, so good. Fun. I saw, I saw him it's twice so live. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Like his Super Bowl performance is like easily like in my top three. The only thing about Bruno Mars is that um a lot of his songs that he does live, if you've seen it like maybe on YouTube, like like his Super Bowl like version of whatever songs he did and like i don't know how but there are certain songs he'll do like consistently in every show for how many years like if you've heard a version of that song that he did live it's the same thing it's a hard question I'm trying to think of like who would want to see live maybe it'll come up when i think about um because like i i've been to a handful of concerts like growing up i, I have like i said my first concert was owl city and i was already like 19 so up until then i hadn't seen anybody live and I think I would say like every concert I've been to, I'm fortunate enough that the artist ended up being like <laughs> just as good. I'm trying to think of like bucket list wise, like I'm fortunate that I finally got to see Fall Out Boy. I finally got to see Panic, you know, with Aya. And like, I've always wanted to see a band live like that specifically. EDM is a different story. Like depending on the artist, I mean, most of it is visual. If I'd have to put EDM like in terms of most memorable ones, like it's definitely Porter, Maddion, and Zed. You know, because the, I feel like out of yeah, just visuals, they, they, there's a lot of intention with it. And I think Odessa is another good runner up because they had drones <laughs> and okay. and they had Odessa. they also had live drummers, which was really cool. And it wasn't yes. just like you're just you're not just going to listen to beats. It's like, let me have a live band do it for you. Same goes for Brash Tracks because he plays the trumpet and he like does his stuff live, yeah. which is, is really which good. is really cool. I think an artist that I don't know, it's. I'm I'm lucky that every concert I've gone to, like, the artists showed out, you know. But I think one that was memorable was, <laughs> at the time, I didn't know who The weekend was. I wasn't there for The weekend. I was there for Schoolboy Q and Janae Aiko. And they showed out, like, that was, that was, I think that was the second concert I went to. And that was with my best friend as well. And I was just like, whoa, because this is, like, 2013. And so, uh... in, in my head, like, their music then is kind of like they they opened for the weekend that's how i mean i know they were traveling together with like td and everything but it was the weekend show we didn't even stay for the weekend <laughs> we just after school boy q and janae janae Aiko went on we were just out like that was it and uh that was, that was really cool to see live and since then it was like wow i'm glad i got to experience that um and i think that was the time where i really just got into j cole and kendrick and i really got into their music and it was like wow these lyrics like to me in the same way that I see D Smoke is the same way that I see like J. Cole and Kendrick. It's just like this kind of lyrical genius where I'm like, they're not just writing songs. They're writing about life experiences mixed in with metaphors and intellect. Like, and I'm sure a lot of artists do that as well. Like, I know Mario can speak more on that, at least with what I've been touched with and what I've come to, to like. And J. Cole especially. Like, when I first started listening to him, I'm like, wow. I, I think, no, no, I haven't seen him live. So I guess he would probably be the person that I'd want to see live on that bucket list the other one is Chloe kai uh, if you don't anyone knows who that is but our, our for our we listeners almost went to Chloe kai. yeah i really wanted to see him i mean i'm it, not necessarily when we when we were almost going but like just in general i've been listening to him since high school so it's like kind of growing up on his island music and you know he's not a super big musician but definitely in like in hawaii he is and he always performs and i'm like man if i could just go see him there that'd be cool or wherever he is, and Bruno Mars, that would be pretty cool too. But I did, just to end on that note though, I did see, who have I seen live? I did see Ariana Grande live, but that was for the first album. That was that was actually really good. Ooh, um, so good. 
because what I really liked about that tour the most was actually that Pentatonix opened and Us the Duo opened. And um, both of those openers, I was like, wow, they're really talented. <laughs> like Pentatonix and Us the Duo were really like, I was like, damn, like it wasn't just the Spotify or the TV shows or YouTube channel. I'm like, wow, they're actually like really good. I would say that I'm, I, I've been privileged and very fortunate enough to see most, if not all, of the artists that I wanted to see live. Like, from YouTube, like, musicians to... Oh, YouTube. Like, yeah, we saw Gay Bondock, oh, Passion. Jerry Passion. <laughs> was, was Melissa Polinar there? Yeah, she was. Right? No, usually, we, no, yeah. The no, we, when we got there. there, no, yeah. So when we got there, we had just skipped Melissa Polinar, and we got there when I think... Jeremy Passion, and then Game Bodoc, Game Bodoc ended. I've seen people like from YouTube to people who artists that you hear on the radio all of the time or who go on tours all the time. Like I've seen Alicia Keys, I've seen Katy Perry, I've seen Taylor Swift, Pierce the Veil, Sleeping with Sirens at least twice. Sleeping with Sirens. Um, that was good. Sleeping with so Sirens, good. so good. And then EDM artists like Zed. I've seen Zed five times. Galantis, I've seen. And it's just like I. Dude, the amount of raves that I've been to... Oh, there I go. Um, count is worth a shot. The amount of raves I've gone to in the last, like, four years. Like, I can't count of who I've gone to. I've seen Marshmallow at least twice. Black Bear. Black Bear's very Not surprising EDM, live, like, though. But I've, Black, Black, Black Bear we've seen, like, what, twice? Yeah. You think? Um. Well, I guess three times if I you see... count him opening for Fall Out Boy. Yes. Oh, yeah, it was three times. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, Paramore, Walk the Moon. I've seen, I've seen like all of these people. So like I've I'm I'm very fortunate and privileged to have the opportunities to see all these people who um impacted the way I've I see music or listen to music or interpret music into my own life. I think probably the one thing that I haven't I this is just off the top of my head. The one thing I haven't seen yet is Hamilton. So Oh, that uh, was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I I really just want to see Hamilton. Yeah, I'm at this point where, like, I've seen so many artists. I, I can't, like, just complain if, if I haven't seen them or not. Probably Hamilton. Everyone. I haven't seen I haven't seen anyone. So everyone. But had to choose. Definitely Bruno Mars. But um, Harry Styles. I really want to see Harry Styles live. Every other musical theater show, probably. The one that I really want to watch in terms of MT has to be Hades Town. And then Miss Saigon. Yeah. I mean that's pretty much it. Like I can't, I can't like elaborate on any of it just because I literally haven't seen any shows. So like I want to see those two because I feel like or three technically like Harry Styles is just a really great entertainer in general, and then Hades Town is my favorite musical, and then and I say Miss Saigon because like Queen Leia Salonga originated in it. Like how could I not? You know. I just want her to be my tita, for real. Like, True. that's a life goal. So what I'm hearing is that if and when pandemic is not such a thing around Jess's birthday, we're pooling in money to have her attend a concert or a show. <laughs> or you know, I heard the exact same thing. Oh, um, we're all on the same page. Yeah, Way good book. luck with that. I have an April birthday, so that won't. You know be what? If anything, soon. we'll perform yeah. it for you. <laughs> okay. Seen a lot of artists. Surprisingly enough, I've never seen Kendrick live. I've never seen Yo, Drake live. Kendrick either. live. I feel yeah. like he'd be really good. Honestly, I can't think of anybody else because like there's a lot of artists I listen to, but I just don't feel inclined to see them live. 
there's like a very i have a small pool for people like i feel like i've seen enough especially from festivals i feel like i've gotten a taste of everybody mm-hmm. but specifically from those festivals i've seen kendrick at a rolling loud but i've never seen kendrick in a solo stand-up performance oh you're right where he has where he has more than just 45 minutes an hour mm-hmm. he's got a whole two hours set and drake in general i've just never seen I've just never seen that boy perform. I feel like for a lot of people, anybody who gets their hands on a Drake ticket for retail face price, they're lucky because a lot of people I know will definitely pay $300, $400 just to see him live. And I'm just it's like, like a Coachella ticket, man. I'm just like, I like Drake. Like, I would love to see him live. But if I can't get my hands on a ticket when they first come out, I'm not even going to bother. That's just me. So yeah, Drake and Kendrick, top of the list. Can't think of anyone else. You're, In terms of you're artists, right. Yeah. I think wh- when you bring up Kendrick, Avery, I don't know if you've seen Kendrick before. I don't think I have. I don't. At it least was, it's not memorable to me. It was only but at Coachella. We did see him at yeah Coachella. I think um for for her right. Actually no, I think he had a set. He was closing. So there was first like her was there and she brought Kendrick out because he's already there. And then he had a, right. he okay, had a closing yeah, set. Right. But some people and I think it was probably well my friend Brendan because he's a huge Kendrick fan too. I think the set that Kendrick actually performed was the same one he had done like on a, an award show or something. Yes. Yeah. So it so right. his whole set was actually a repeated. If you went to his tour, a lot of people were like actually that was the same set that he did on tour, which was surprising to a lot of people because they were expecting like Coachella to be something different. But then yeah, it was like the I mean that year a lot of TDE folk went. So like I think when her was on like I don't know who came out. Did SZA come out? I don't know who did. Khalid, I don't know. So she brought out a lot of people while well, she was performing. She, she didn't bring out a lot of people, but like a lot of people at the time came out. So yeah. like I think Kyle brought out Chance and like was it Kyle or no? Was it yeah, Super Duper Kyle or Kyle? Or... Yeah, yeah. I think to like echo what Mario was saying, like with music festivals, I'm glad that I got to put money together and finally attend one and just see a bunch of artists because I feel like it's like a what's the word? It's, it's a, a sampler. Sh- it's a shark. <laughs> it's a charcuterie board or oh yeah it's like a sampler you know you get to see everybody there and see multiple artists i think the nice thing about at least coachella specifically not that i've been to another music festival but it's like all genres it's not just like if you went to edc it's just edm or something yeah there's like indie there's rap there's pop there's r&b there's edm all that stuff at the end of the day which it would be kind of cool to see beyonce again but to see beyonce (laughs) which was which was cool but like beyonce yeah beyonce i wish we were actually close because everybody went there to go see her but like after you see the footage i mean like we saw it on the screen too because there's big ass screens but it's just like wow i actually saw that happen and it was i guess to the entertaining point it was she was very entertaining like all the dancers it was a show like it wasn't just it was her singing but it was also like a show it was i was so glad we went first because wow (laughs) i know (sighs) She's amazing. The main topic of discussion that I know is going to probably take a good chunk out of us. So we all have our favorite artists. And some of us have our favorite artists that might be looked down upon for certain personal actions that they've done. Now, obviously, it's not right, but it's not wrong to not support an artist based on certain actions, certain things they said that the majority would consider as wrong. Now, the thing about music is that as much as it's made by a certain person, people will argue 
that it's a separate entity from the person. So they'll say, I listen to this person's music, but I don't like that person. Or it's the other way around. I don't like his music or her music, but I like the person mostly for what they do outside of music. Maybe they think music is not their thing, or maybe music is the only reason why they're even relevant. So question to you guys is that there's obviously some big examples that we can just push out the way. We could just say R. Kelly. I don't even got to go further than that. Chris Brown. I don't got to go further. Just two examples that anybody can think at the top of their head. People that you listen to, you might be afraid to tell in public that you listen to them, but you know damn well that the music they make arguably is really good. But can you possibly separate that person, that artist, from their works as a whole? Can you say that like whatever they do as a person is their fault but if their music's really good i'm gonna keep on listening to it in the terms of not for them just like it there's, maybe there's a personal reason why you like mu their music for a certain reason and you have your arguments your support etc etc but what is your take on that i, I want to go before i forget it's it's really hard to just separate like, say you've followed this artist for a good chunk of your life. Let's just put out Chris Brown. We've been listening to Chris Brown since, like, 2006, 2008, whatever. Like, aside from, like, a lot of his popular music, it's, it's really hard to separate, like, how really like his music because it's very... And every time that he releases new music or whatever, you just so happen to just really like it. Especially, like, his old stuff. Like, it's, it's really hard to not just sing it. I think, at least for me, if he's releasing new music, or if he's in the last, like, four or five years that he's released music, I haven't really listened to it. Or really, like, if I if I listened to it once, that was probably just it. Like, I listened to it once and then I was over with. It may have to do with, like, scandals or, like, the, the shit he's done that I don't listen to him. I mean, now, I, it's definitely that. But before, when I was in that transitioning period where I was listening to his music and then I wasn't, I don't know if it played a part of, like, all of his stuff, but at least now, like, I just don't support him just because I, there's just a lack of connect to whatever he's doing. I think less for music and maybe more for, like, other media, like, say, let's say, like, anime or something, or YouTubers or whatever. I, I have a harder time, like, separating the art from the artist because I've grown up with them and listening to their voice and doing their part for, let's say, Vic Mignogna for as an English voice actor for anime and video games and stuff. In the last like couple years, he's had a scandal of like sexually harassing fans and other voice and female voice actors. Even now, it's it's really hard for me to just disconnect from from the work he's done because I I'm really attached to the to the work he's done like Oron, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, all that stuff. It, it's really hard for me to just separate from that. But I, I know that even if it is like a rumor or if it's not true or whatever that he's done those things, you should really just take those into account and like be wary of those type of people. But it's really hard for me to just be like, oh, no, I fucking hate like Vic Mignogna now. It's hard for me to just separate certain artists. Maybe like for the majority, if I'm not super, if they didn't mean something to my life, it's really hard for me to just cut them off. And yeah, on that, like, on the R. Kelly note, because, I mean, I love Space Jam, and I Believe I Can Fly was, like, one of the first songs I would not stop singing. I think that was probably the reason that I wanted to get into singing, because I remember doing, like, I don't know, we all, we've all had that Christian 
Catholic school upbringing when you have events or something or parents like, oh, like you should go sing. And like, because my parents just hear me sing I Believe I Can Fly all the time as a kid and like, go sing it for everybody and karaoke it. And I just be like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is my shower song. Like, leave me alone. And then, then you grow up and it's like, R. Kelly did what? <laughs> and yeah, to disassociate those things, it's like to separate the artist from the art, but then also it could be the nostalgia tied to the, to the music itself. I think for those songs that, though I had listened to R. Kelly in a long time, but it's just like for all of his old songs, it's like they had an impression at some point in my childhood. But then you think about when all these incidents with him happened. And then when he wrote the song, it's just like, okay, wait, does that song about that girl? And it's like, oh, no, that's kind of, no, I don't know if I should be listening to it (laughs) Um, when you put it into that context. But I think to like echo Aya's point with the if it was a good piece of art, are we to be someone who turns it down or to cancel it? You know, I think it does come down to the individual themselves. In the same essence, like Bill Cosby, can you separate what he did versus his actual show versus actual comedic art? I think, an, um, I don't know if I is here or not, but uh, there was another thing recently where it was another DJ or producer that said something about working with Zed on the original like Clarity album and track and everything and saying that like he wasn't credited for like work that he did on the album and Zed and you know we all know Zed has blown up into not just being a DJ but he's producing music for pop artists right like he's he's it's literally like Zed has a song featuring I don't know Selena Gomez or Ariana Grande or Kehlani or whatever right um, he's starting to do singles for everybody I forgot who the artist was but that person like put out a tweet saying like Zed never credited me on this and he's taken all the success because of all of that right and now he's this big time musician and everything and I think what's hard for me to separate from that is though if he did, if he really did do that, there's a lot of digging into it that some people were saying like, oh, that's really shady of him and everything. But then also when I look at his career, I'm like, well, he also isn't like a fake musician. He's he's rooted in drumming. He's rooted in music. Like he knows what he's doing. So I can't really say that like he's a phony of an artist if he's made this much of a career out of it too. So I guess, you know, in terms of any form of a scandal, that can take the form of anything whether it's the person they did something like R. Kelly or Chris Brown, or they, you know, they cheat other artists and uh, they don't credit other people or they steal music or something. I don't know. I think to Aya's point too, to separate yourself from it, how attached are you? Like I mentioned earlier, the nostalgia to the art. Does it mean something to you? Does it not? Uh, Am I willing to look it over based off of how much I enjoy the art that was produced by this person? I think that also goes back to a lot of controversy with ghostwriting. Because now, all of a sudden, these past couple years, like, not just rap, but, like, any genre, people are starting to speak up that, oh, I actually wrote that, like, 10 years ago. And you're like, what? People don't realize that that just because somebody writes maybe the lyrics or does the production, as long as they're credited in some way, then it's okay. But some people kind of forget that the credited things are in print. Like, it's in fine print. Nobody really cares to see, like, the credibles. Because they only care about who wrote the song. I mean, not who wrote it. Who's, whose song belongs to, who's the producer. And maybe they can go as far as saying, oh, who who dropped it? What record label? Or what are they doing? Sometimes it's right there in, in black and white. There's a lot of times where artists may take advantage of the fact that some consumers, some listeners, won't even care to look at like the deep into uh, engineering of the song mm-hmm. and be like, oh, that person did that. People are opening up to it. They're like, oh, I wrote this. Oh, I produced that. Oh, I made his career. 
Or some people will just be like, oh, you know, I ran off with his music and made it my own thing. Shit, we even watched a Disney movie called Coco that kind of explains that. I was about Somebody to say that. Oh, yeah. Literally, yeah. literally, Mans ran off with his credited song that he never gave credit to. But because, fuck, I, the, I'm drawing a blank with, with the musician. It was like De Los Reyes, I think that's his name. But whoever it is, he was the one performing that song to make him famous. And it's not that he's a fake musician, because obviously he knows how to play the guitar. He knows how to sing. He knows how to play the part. But the thing is, when you don't give credit to who did it originally, it does drive some controversy. And something like Zed, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh shit, damn. Zed really did that? I mean, Zed doesn't look like a fake musician. Or Zed doesn't look like he means any harm. So oh, like with the whole Matthew Coma thing? That's what it was, yeah. I was I couldn't remember his name. But Oh yeah, it's Matthew Coma. It it was the whole was it, it was uh... the whole thing where they were a they were a pair, not necessarily a pair, but like Matthew Coma had also like produced, I think, Spectrum and a lot of like Stuff yeah, on the 2010, album. 2013, like Zed music that everyone loves now, but Zed didn't credit him. Oh, yeah, wow. sorry, I was I was gone if that's what Avery was referring to, but yeah, yeah you, you can't help but still like Zed, even though he's done maybe those things. A lot of people don't know this. Just wanted to also add to that because it's similar. But Beyonce stole choreography from a dance. I mean, she steals it all the time. But specifically, Countdown, that entire music video is literally stole the entire concept, the choreography, the like, even the small actions and the even the clothing was stolen off of Anna Teresa. Anna Teresa de Kier's Micro Maker. I don't know how to pronounce her name. She's Belgian. But I feel like at that point, when she was approached, when Beyonce was approached, she was like, oh no, I was just inspired by it. Then, And everyone's like, well, if you were actually inspired by it, why didn't you give credit? Why didn't you say inspired by this choreographer, inspired by this like dance movie, dance film? Love Beyonce, but a lot of her choreography is stolen, or she steals it. And I feel like it's also one of those things where, is it is it Beyonce's fault? Is it her choreographer's fault? Is it everyone in the production's fault behind the scenes? But also, I, should we fault Beyonce because of what she said afterwards? Like, who's it, actually to blame? I, I want to kind of, I don't know why this reminds me of it. It reminded me of like when Big Time Rush was like the, the show was a thing. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't help but just be like, I don't know if there were episodes about it, but like, you know, they, they took inspirations from other other bands that the producer or the director or whatever had like had produced for for before but i don't know like i think that show and maybe like kind of opened my eyes to be like every every pop artist or every like radio artist is going to do that like Mm -hmm. they're going to steal from someone and it literally is stealing no matter how much do they say like they're going to steal something from someone and then claim it as their own but then feign as if it's inspiration it's kind of just this like beat around the bush type of type of thing that every famous artist does that's like a tradition old school hip-hop followed by that anybody that bit off other people's flows, bit off of other people's styles, it was like, you're going to get killed for because you're stealing what makes that artist who they are. You can't bite other people's music. And I guess maybe the rap industry was a little more brutal about it. Like you saw artists get killed because they wanted to be like somebody else. Now, it's a little less brutal nowadays because it's almost like a lot of the rap artists 
want to take inspiration. But it's hard to be original. I think that's another tough thing is that it's really hard to be your own entrepreneur of your of music because you are a genre or you label yourself as a certain type of musician and you want to roll with it but you also want to be experimental in a way where maybe your fan base might respect you more for but it's hard like i see where you know people come from when it comes to taking inspiration because like if it's good it sells and if it sells it makes their career and that's just that's just something about it. I agree, and that's why I think it's really hard for anyone outside of the black community to be a rapper. Especially like you know, there's a lot of a lot of Asians, a lot of I'm just gonna say Asians because I know a lot of Asian rappers. It's really hard for them to be taken seriously or to produce like their own music. There's like a fine line between inspiration and like appropriation, you know, stealing or whatever. You know, I, I like a lot of like Asian rappers, even if they're like small time or like, you know, I've only listened to one song of their one album or whatever. Like I just, I happen to like it. But then there's like part of me that can't help but side with the black community who says like, you're stealing from us or you're appropriating like our culture or whatever. And then there's the other part of me who's like, they don't do like those rap, those Asian rappers don't do anything outside of rap. They don't appropriate how like they talk or, or I mean like if they grew up in the, in the neighborhood in which that like the vernacular is that, and that was all of their life, but then they don't overstep like say like the N word or whatever. They, they don't do that. But then a, but then they still get flack for rapping. I mean, outside of the Asian community or like whatever, there are people who rap, but then they get flack or they get doxxed or that they can't do what they feel that their life is has led them to do. And their music has inspired or has changed a lot of lives for other people. It, there's like, there, to, to what you said, there's like a very fine line between like inspiration, appropriation, stealing... It's really hard to separate those things from the arts and the artist. I agree. Um, I also want to add that, like, what is stealing in art? You know, like, for instance, music is based off of seven, seven notes, you know, like in terms of I don't OK, I don't know. I don't remember the exact words that my dance professor told me, but the gist of it is art is always going to be stolen because it's like the same things over and over again. There's only so much you can do with it, with like music, with dance. There's only and there's like nothing organic by this point anymore. Like there's innovation is very like so much stuff has come out. Yeah, innovation in anything is like is very fine or fine as in like you know small or whatever. Finite, like there's yeah there's there's nothing organic in in terms of anything anymore. As just like a rule of thumb, if you want to sample something, just give credit. Be like, I got inspiration from this. You know, I was inspired by this. If if they were inspired by someone else, they should give credit too. But like at this point, I know it's hard to find like the original creator because who even is the original creator of anything anymore? But give credit to who you were inspired. You yeah. Know? yeah, I was yeah. going to ask like, at what, I mean, you've kind of all spoken already, but like at what point does this oversaturation become too much? You know, because like I said, there's no more, there's no innovation Nothing is necessarily organic. And so what Mario was saying, you know, you are the music that you listen to. You're inspired from day one from something. So if you learn to play, especially people who grew up like playing an instrument, 
if if you continue that as a big part of your life in terms of like making it a career or something you know you listen to other artists and you got inspired by them because you wanted to learn how to drum like them to play guitar like them to sing like them um, and then at what point do you make your own music unless you're like bruno mars and ghostwriting for everyone and then you're just like you know what i'm gonna make my own music now and then he popped off <laughs> you know or your youtube channel or whatever and you you make your music career out of that to Jess's point about like stealing like art being stealing a lot of grad professors told me that a good teacher is a good thief and they say that because you know you can't recreate the wheel you could keep doing that go ahead but you're just gonna tire yourself out because it's like why do something when someone already made a good standard for it borrow it leverage it make it your own and now it makes me wonder with all this kind of talk that we're having for music or even rap how much of that is really tied to money because it's mine it was our it was our culture's identity and now you're profiting off of something that was originally something we created from the hood from because for example rap right it's a reflection of the artists and where they come from and so if an asian artist like i was saying comes from that neighborhood well that's a reflection of their life and they should have every right to create music based off of what they've seen though yes it may be inspired by the different cultures around them but in that same way with teaching to jess's point yes credit everybody I try to make sure that like, if I'm teaching something, I'm like, yo, this isn't mine. I'm clearly teaching from this guy's book on race and segregation. I'm not, I'm not just pulling this out of my ass, right? That's something, at least in the, the creative part of teaching, people are always like, always, not to be the English teacher, but cite your sources, stay credible. Because if someone comes at you, they audit you, well, they can't tell you anything else because like, oh no, I already said where this came from. In the same sense, like all you said, if artists could just do that, is it really, did you just not want to say you didn't want to credit that person because you had to pay them off? Or you could have just said you were inspired by them and also helped them rise up in the music or fashion industry. That is crazy. Honestly, I'm thinking about it. If you think about rap in general, started off with this kind of like, it was experimental, especially when they introduced it back in like the late 70s, early 80s, when rap was really just trying to make a move. But then later on, it became more kind of like storybook, more like descriptive became more kind of like realist people would talk about where they came from what their homie did the other day or or like what it what they got to do to get to this point and then slowly it became kind of like okay well rap is like cool to tell in a story but how about we start being more metaphoric how about we start using more, more i guess say english terminology let's kind of like spice it up a little bit you know because People like a good song, but a lot of people that are into like lyricism, which is like the concept of really looking into what they're saying and how that might hit like, oh shit, damn, that really, that was there. And then going into like that trap rap, which in my opinion, I think it started around 2013, 14, where trap rap was kind of like on the uprising. Nobody kind of wanted to listen to that because it just sounded so inaudible sounded like mumble like literally you can hear somebody just go like it's just like what the fuck are they saying but then you just like listen to the music and you're like oh this is kind of nice oh hey 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 you know you get lit to it and then the things that they'd be saying in this trap music like i said rap culture is mostly originated from blacks of course they're going to be talking about what the 90s would like to emphasize or the early 2000s wanted to like explain to the to their listeners but now they're going to take it into a glorifying way. It almost makes the people that listen to like people like Migos or Future, you know, they're like the originators. Some people might say they're the originators of mumble rap. Future and Migos, they all sound the same. But the shit that they be saying, they be talking about 
what rappers back then was already talking about, but they would say it in a way where it was cool to be that way. Because rappers back then was like, I had to do that to get somewhere. Nowadays, it's like, I do it because it's cool. I do drugs because it's cool. I drink till I black out because it's cool. I fuck all these hoes because it's cool. I don't give a shit about no woman, you know? Yeah. Then it gets to a point where there's artists that glorify using drugs and using alcohol and saying that, like, you got to do this. And then all of a sudden, all these other people feel like in order for them to relate to those artists, they got to also jump into that trend where they got to also take. And I'm not just talking about smoking weed because weed's been around forever. I'm talking about, like, purposely going out of their way to, like, overdose on drugs just to get a feel of how it felt to be them. But then motherfuckers is dying left and right because they thought it was cool. And they thought that in order for them to feel like they can accept who they're listening to, they got to be that person. But the difference is those people had to do that to cope. Those people had to do that to get by in life. There are some people that come from, like, a higher class that literally... You don't have to worry about having to sell drugs. You don't got to worry about robbing people because you're not you're not that broke. You're not. You're really not. And the fact that you're going out of your way to risk what you already have is like a stable life that a lot of people would love to have. Now you're out there sacrificing that just to be fitting in. Like apparently it's like cool for you to rob people. It's cool for you to like sell drugs because it makes money. But like, do you really need to do that? Or can you just work a nine to five job and still be able? Because these motherfuckers didn't. And unfortunately, in recent trends, there's a lot of artists that die at an early age because of drug use. And I'm talking about like Lil Peep, I'm talking about Juice World. I'm talking about artists that lived through those experiences, not because they wanted to, but it was almost like they had to because that, or else they were going to be somewhere worse. And drug overdoses kind of looked upon as a what is the word negative connotation how people view life it goes philosophy if it, it, it gets very philosophical because that whole argument about like whether thinking that way is okay or thinking that way should you need it you need to help them but it's hard when they're talking about some really personal things with a production that sounds quote-unquote lit you can throw a bass line you can throw trap beats trap drums you can make the song lit and make your car bumping and you like saying word for word, but are you really are you really processing word for word? Because like a lot of us kind of overlook that. Not saying we do, but I know a lot of people do. And then it comes to a point where, for example, that artist passes away because of it. I mean, even Mac Miller, for example, you know, there were some things that those artists were going through that they were saying in their songs, but we kind of glorify their past ways so much to we kind of overlook what they're trying to tell us. And then people all of a sudden think that oh that's so unfortunate like i did not see this coming it's like you did see this coming you just probably didn't see it foreseen to happen at the time that it did and it sucks that some of these kids will continue to follow this trend thinking that it's going to get them somewhere and i'm not saying that they shouldn't but recommend not to do that because then you ruin yourself over something that you don't want to be like as much as i love my artists and the people i listen to a lot of the things they've done i'm not going to be proud of saying i want to do that too i don't want to go to jail for robbing somebody i don't want to sell drugs even though that might be something that people in high school even college were doing like i i love the music but like when you hear that shit you kind of it, it it hits you a little differently because you're like holy crap they're speaking out to you they're trying to tell you that something's going on but it's hidden from good production 
it makes the song good and it sucks because like i mean i'm that same person too i kind of overlooked some artists like what they were saying in their music and maybe i'm overlooking it because they're still alive they're still doing tours they're still present and then it gets to a point where it's like oh they got arrest oh they got shot oh this happened to them. they got then you're like what did you expect i i do want to kind of transition to maybe a question that i've had and this relates to maybe the the anime episode that we did prior i have one maybe a few like music hot takes that kind of relates to the last question that we just asked if you guys have any like hot takes about music maybe an artist it may be a genre whatever if you don't like this artist, if you don't listen to their music or whatever, like, why? And, you know, I'm gonna just give me up front if I'm just gonna, so, because I asked, I'm gonna start this off. I don't really like Ariana Grande. I'm gonna just say, it. I, like, I don't really care for her music at all. Like, I'll, I'll listen to it and, like, I'll bump it. I'll play it if, if that's what the vibe is, like, in the room or whatever. And, th- I mean, okay, given I've, there are a few songs that, like, if the vibe calls for it, I'll play it out of my own playlist or whatever, just just because, like, maybe I've sang it before or I've listened to it before and this is the perfect time to play it. But none of her music at all has ever spoken to me, like, internally. Like, I've never felt anything through her music. And, you know, that's it, it's different for every person who listens to any music. How I feel about certain music is going to be different for, for anyone else. Like, how I feel about pop punk or, like, screamo or whatever is going to be different for someone who listens to something maybe the complete opposite and doesn't like what I listen to. That's that's given. Or whatever. But, you know, that that's my reasoning for how, I, for how I may listen to Ariana Grande. Like, none of her music has ever spoken to me internally or has ever moved my soul, ever. Versus some artists who have the same, if not better skill of her music or her singing like capabilities those other artists have moved my soul or my heart in a way that someone like ariana grande could never do but given her music is still really good i'll play it if if that is what the vibe like puts it to but you know that's my hot take i mean i get that i like her brand is entertainment like she doesn't do any like probably like her life story like what i don't know freaking olivia rodrigo would do you know like her style is for it's just to listen to it's not like we're gonna it's not my life type of music which i think you know i think there's a lot of artists that's out there right now where where it's like it's not just ariana grande where it's like and not only just like her radio playlist but also like her ballads as well i think it's kind of sad just because she's such an amazing artist and i feel like the music industry has changed her so much because if you if you saw her like on broadway and like when she was still doing musical theater not only is she singing differently she acts differently but like she's just a different person completely where now it's like it's about the money it's about the views it's about just getting people to listen my whole thing is that her persona as of the last album or last few albums or whatever how i interpret it is her reclaiming her own music career and her trying to become the artist that she wants to become. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's like in whatever songs that she's produced so far, 
it's still catering towards the majority. It's not mm-hmm. something that can strike someone in in their heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that doesn't have like, to be like every artist. Every artist doesn't have to strive to to strike someone in the heart. In the heart, there's a lot of mm-hmm. artists right now that don't do that, but people still love them. I mean, same thing with Ariana Grande. Like all of her music, someone out there likes it. That's why she's one of the like number one artists. Yeah, in the way that how you describe her being in like musicals or like how she acts in in other things outside of radio music. What I interpret her last few albums to be and how she wants to portray that music, it's not coming across towards me. And it's not doing the justice mm-hmm. that everyone thinks that I should, like, at least for me, I should interpret that music as. There's a certain disconnect in the way that she wants to portray her music and the way that she's producing it or help or mm-hmm. trying to produce it. Yeah. yeah, and like, as like an Ariana Grande, like, like I've been, I've been a fan of hers for the longest time. I've been following her since like her very first album. I love her stuff, but I will say like a lot of her songs are almost like all of her songs are very like surface level topics. Like there isn't like that much depth when it goes into it. I will say the only song that I think probably had like some type of like impact or was like really good for me probably was God is a Woman, just because it started a conversation for a lot of people during that time. But you know what's funny? When when I first heard that song, it immediately made me think of a French song of the exact same title. Yeah, and yeah. And that so, song had more impact than Ariana Grande's song. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, like so that like, song either, personally. I love her. Oh, I think the song you didn't is like good. it? I, I think it's a good message. I think it's a great message, but I I personally just didn't like the way it was produced. Mm, okay i i really like mm. the the music video for me i think that's also just kind of like how it's also influenced how i look at artists as well but like i really like the music video like i i just respected the the choice she made for like making that song just because it started a conversation for a lot of people uh, during that time oh you know what it just reminded me of Bryn? this was this was actually brought up on twitter not too long ago yeah but this is my hot take on it as of I I liked the song at first, but then I realized like what it was really doing. Logic's one eight hundred was a miss. Oh yeah. yes, yeah and, it was. And here's was. the thing. Here's the thing. At first, when I, you hear I honestly it, thought it romanticized that topic. Yes, like it for, me, did. for me, it was when it was when it got overplayed on the radio for me. That's when I knew it was just going downhill. Well. It's kind of tough because Logic obviously had a purpose for that song, but I hope what what went through his head when he was writing the song. I I, I don't think I want to like be happy to relate to a song about. Okay, relate. Like if I relate to it, that's actually more of a problem. And it, it's I'm, less of it, like being happy, but more like I guess being relieved that someone has that same sort of <laughs> like that mm-hmm. feeling that they're going through that. But it's so like. With 1-800, at first, I was like, oh, this is this is great. He's bringing on people who, like, that dude who almost died from um, jumping off Golden Gate Bridge. He brought on that person for that for the, for the live thing, right? But he's still romanticizing it as if, like, if you do it, someone's gonna have inspiration from your story and then make a thing about it. That's romanticizing it. And that's what I absolutely hated about 1-800 no mm. like no matter how like great it did for someone it was still you're you're catering towards people who wanted to do it and you're like enabling them 
to, to feel okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And like going off of that, I guess this is my hot take, but that's personally also why I can't really get with 21 Pilots. Because like, I feel they do it. Yeah. And I, I kind of saw, because like their whole brand is kind of talking about like, you know, um, if you struggle with mental health, you know, this is like stuff that we're going to like sing about. But I think it was just so weird for me to hear like such happy tunes with it or just hearing it play like over on like the radio and stuff like that. And then you'll have kids who are like, I saw this like in high school where like kids were like singing, like, for example, like stressed out or whatever. And or um, what is it like car radio? Is that is that the mm-hmm. name of the song? Like they're singing about these songs, right? And, you know, they're talking about depression or, like, suicidal thoughts. And then, like, the same kids will face, let's say, like, some minor inconvenience. And all of a sudden, their mind immediately goes to that that song and immediately does that. And it's like, you don't have to go there so quickly. That's just what you're exposed to, that you think that this is, like, you think this is the lowest point in your life. And it's like, it doesn't always have to be that way. Or, like, I just feel like there's just that, you know, that risk if you are listening to those things like all the time that's like what you're going to be thinking of all the time I just feel like 21 Pilots does that a lot and it eh, it concerns me I think if you're going to take it on that note I feel like at that point where it's not the artist that's not on the artist you know that's on the person that brought that image about the song to them that's on their how they behold it you know because if you say that with like the whole mental health thing what about everything else that's talking about drugs what about everything else that's talking about doing a bunch of stuff you know where it's like but i mean i want to counter that in the examples that you gave are very like separate maybe in terms of like mental health and then other things i mean there are a lot of artists who make songs that are inspired by fans who have passed on and then the friends of those fans have communicated to those artists that the fan was a really big fan of that artist and that in though in certain times though their songs have given them like a an avenue to do better in life but then just one thing had happened and then now they're gone yeah i think i i get your point and i think what i was trying to say is it depends on the person and how they use certain songs as a coping mechanism yes. you know okay, yeah. yeah there you go where it's like i understand what's well, the same thing what you guys were saying earlier where certain songs help you but for certain people but then other people it it wouldn't it like does the complete opposite and i feel like that's not on the artist you know i think it is the artist's responsibility to keep it in mind that what they are putting out there it could go either way However, I still think it's not it's not on the artist. I feel like you can't really blame the artist, not that you're putting blame on anyone, but you can't really fault the artist for that. I and Jess were talking about kind of relates to something Charlemagne the God said about Juice World that to this day just kind of I don't like the guy at all and that the reason you're talking about why Charlemagne? Yeah, Charlemagne the God. I'm talking about yeah, I, I hate I, I I still don't like him. No, and the biggest reason I bring this up is because Juice World, when he made songs on SoundCloud, everyone kind of overlooked his previous work and jumped for, straight into All Girls Are the Same and Lucid Dreams, and those songs blew up on SoundCloud. We all know those songs. But then Charlemagne the God goes ahead and says, Juice World is glorifying topic of offing yourself. 
And I think Juice World is an industry plant because of that. As he was explaining his thoughts on that, he says that rappers like Juice World, the reason why kids are doing drugs, and he has no purpose at all with his music career. I think he's literally a joke to people that are trying to get out of that mindset. And it pissed me off to hear that because it's like he's not trying to tell kids to do it. He's telling the kids that he's doing it. And because of that, it's deteriorating himself. It was like a cry for his own help. The thing about Charlemagne specifically, and this is like a very small like thing. Charlemagne, in my eyes, is, is like an extremist when it comes to mental health. Because he he himself experiences deteriorated mental health. And he's explained that in many interviews. In Patriot Act and in... in breakfast club and like other things like he's he's explained in, in several interviews or in several things where he's said something where it's like he has this view of mental health and i agree to some point but then when he kind of monopolizes it that's when i stop listening to him and that's how i view how he explains mental health and people who have suicidal thoughts or whatever I don't know the, the Logic song, but based off of what everyone has explained so far, it kind of sounds like versus other artists, he's presenting something in a wrong fashion, right? I, I'm yeah. And to Jess's point, like, yeah, depending on the on the listener, like we all mentioned earlier, it's how you interpret it. But then if the artist is intentionally being irresponsible with the content that they, they created, she use Chainsmokers as an example. And it wasn't necessarily a song, but when they performed, Full just decides to come out with like a poncho and because like it's Cinco de Mayo and like, yeah, that's clearly an individual choice he made. And, you know, we're going to get him for that because he's being, well, irresponsible, lack of a better racist. word. You know, he's, he is being racist, but like he, he's, he's decided to take their platform and do something that maybe could be his true self. But then it's just that action of, I can't think of another word for it, but just being irresponsible, abusing the ability that they have and not being conscious of the people watching or listening. Right. And I think like to Mario's point with artists crying for help. Yeah, I think that's something that I look over a lot. I was just listening to Genius Brain podcast with David So and he was talking about this is unrelated to music a little bit, but that kind of cry shout for help. Shout out to you, David So. Yeah. If you want to sponsor us or like shout us out in any way, please do. We love you. Um, on the episode, they're talking about like church and everything, but the guest that he had on was talking about how he straight up told his youth not not like a confirmation group, but just the people, the preparationers. He's like, yo, I have a drug problem. I, I, I know what episode. Yeah, I just listen. He's like, I need help. And then they made a rule that parish leaders couldn't be a part of the church who are using substances. So they put it in a contract. And he's like, I'm going to leave the church because he still wanted to do drugs and everything. And then everyone just kind of like was like, so who wants to say a prayer for him? They didn't do anything to help him. So in that same kind of sense that I'm trying to connect to Omar, I was saying it's like artists are putting. It's very surface level. Yeah, are putting stuff out to be like, hey, like, not I'm just trying to make a career, but there's something happening in my life and I'm trying to show you. But then, yeah, it's covered by a good production, a good beat, views. Yo, do you listen to this? Do you even realize like the, the words that you're regurgitating at a concert is just actually a cry for help? On another note to a more like, you know, lighthearted um, hot take. I think Mario knows where I'm going with this, but Hamilton I do want to talk about Hamilton and the hype, the hype of it all. Like, okay, this is a very, like, scary thing to say. It's very controversial in the Go musical ahead. theater world, by the way. Um, I know you guys, not just that. There are, Hamil okay, Hamil 
Hamilton has done really good things for the musical theater world, for PO- being POC, for immigrants everywhere. But I do want everyone to recognize that A, the story is still about a white man. Yeah. And B, just like, you know, as a side thing, yes, it is overhyped and also like it died in 2017. So like everyone that keeps putting it up, everyone that actually like that likes musical theater is that's like a theater person is always like, God, stop, please, please. Like we we already went through all of 2016 and all of 2017 of just like everyone just nonstop singing it and nonstop just like quoting it. And now that it's on Disney Plus and everyone has seen it. I, by the way, I haven't seen it for this exact reason. I've been like pushing it away because at this point I've been so ugh of like, I don't want to see it because everyone keeps talking about it, you know, but Hamilton. I just want to say as someone who only got into it as of like 2018 to 2020, that's like. It's exactly because how I interpreted it is how I assume everybody else outside of, like, musical theater, like, stands has gone into it. And it was because of the accessibility of of Hamilton through Disney Plus or through YouTube or whatever. There's a certain availability to Hamilton within the last few years where that's when the research of it has come up. And I assume yeah. that, like, anybody who's into music, uh, musical theater or, like, theater or plays or music or dance can assume the same thing. Because there was a point, I think, in 2017 where one of, like, one of my, like, closest friends tried to get me into Hamilton. I've never heard of Hamilton in my life. And he was trying to, like, assimilate the idea of Hamilton to me in terms of, like, what inspirations Hamilton took took from for certain songs like for the Skylar sisters it was like destiny's child or like swv or something like that that they took their inspirations from he was trying to relate to that to me and i was like uh don't know Mm -hmm. but then when it came out in 2020 right like in july 2020 yeah Mm -hmm. like that's when i became obsessed there's a lot of memes a lot of like tiktoks that do the exact same thing. That dude who made his whole TikTok, he became famous for his TikToks on people who just listen to Hamilton and, like, he's singing all these, like, short little snippets of Hamilton songs. I assume that everybody who just assimilated to Hamilton has that exact same experience as I did. Like, because I'm not a musical person, really, at all. Mm -hmm. Only for very certain things, like Lion King, Wicked, Mm-hmm. The very popular things that if you want to see it, you go see it. Not for things that are like Book of Mormon. I don't listen to anything musical outside of that. That's majority of how people listen to musicals. If it's if it's if it's popular like Hamilton was as soon as July twenty twenty hit, that's what happened. Yeah, I think no, we know we know it's because of the researches. And honestly, we were super happy about it because it's like yeah, you finally you're finally here you're finally understanding like there's this side of the the musical theater that's here but also that was i think that's part of the problem where it's like as you said your friend like trying to get you into it i think a lot of us were like you should listen to this i think you'd really like it but we were shut down we were shamed for it you know 
And then now yeah. everyone is super overhyping it to the point where we're like, just stop, please. Like, we like that you love it. We like that you're here. But also, you shamed us for it. Like, why are you all of a sudden making it mm -hmm. a trend to like Hamilton, to like musical theater? When you were all like, nah, musical theater, like Broadway? Jesus, like, what are you? A girl? My God, you yeah, know? There was like this, uh, again, shouting out Genius Brain, but there's an episode where I think he had... I don't know what he's on now, if it's Kinja's, but I think he was on the Jabberwockies before, and he talked about his backstory getting into dance, and when he found breaking specifically, but he, but he's in high school, he's like, I can't do dance, like, everyone's gonna think I'm gay, this is like, you know, the 90s and everything, and in that same essence of like what Jess is talking about, it's like, oh, you're into, you're into choir, you're into theater, oh, you must be gay, especially if you're a guy, Any, anything almost remotely musical or artistic that expressed emotion at that age and depending what year it was very much before an obama era I, I would like to think it was very much you were just identified as a derogatory way of you're gay would you say that maybe between like me and mario were the oldest maybe at, besides you that are in this cast that older in the 1997 would you say that being born in 1994 and having like those few years ahead of us defined how you perceive as like interpreting like music or like those creative things i don't know yeah no, I, I i would assume that like having being born a few years even a few years earlier is like you can experience earlier what discrimination of however you want to interpret anything as like how that affects you i i think so you know i mean i want to say that i was like born so yeah, 1994. But you know, when you grow up and you ha start having memories, that was the 90s was ending, though it went into the early 2000s, right? But that's when pop started taking off, and I think more things became more exposed to the world. But I mean, if I can't really, you know, because these are all childhood memories, but with toxic masculinity in general, though that probably wasn't a phrase when I was young. If you were related to anything with singing or theater or whatever, you definitely got made fun of it for it, and you were definitely considered gay. Like that was the that was the term. It was, you're a boy, you're not doing boy things, you're doing girly things, so you're gay. And many young boys like me would get made fun of for that, and that's why the the term itself is like, oh, that's hella gay or whatever was thrown around so much. And to unpack and to undo that, especially when I got into high school and some of my closest friends were closeted. And I had to understand how hurtful that was to them. You know, I think that's what, that's the effect that it had in terms of how, not necessarily just music as a whole, but how it affected an adolescent psyche, specifically those spaces. But it's funny when, like to what Jess was saying, it's like, yeah, but then music is popular. You know, music isn't gay. Music is clearly something everybody listens to, especially in the 2010s when pop was like really at its pop. peak. Oh, eyes camera went out for our listeners. Oh, it was just me. I mean, pop is still going, but really was like 2010s you know i mean you know what i mean like all that music is his own genre in my opinion i think that that affects it I, i'm wondering i think with dance and with theater i think almost with any art at some point you know everyone that's gotten ridiculed or discriminated against for being passionate about what they were at whatever point in their life and then now it's become the hype and people are turning it into tiktoks and they're getting more fame for someone who does dancing as a profession 
or rapping and writing as a profession or whatever it is. And you got all these kids just coming up who are just like, yeah, I'm gonna get famous in millions of views because I can do this TikTok. And then they're gonna be like, oh, I wanna get serious about it. They try to get serious and then they meet a professional. And it's like, oh, well, that's where it stops. It either stops or the individual is like, I'm gonna take it a step further because I wanna practice to actually join you in this battlefield of art, whatever. But I don't know if it ever really gets to that point. That kind of digress. But to come back to the Hamilton point, like, yeah, I'm not really big on musical theater either. I was fortunate enough that my aunt got me tickets for my graduation gift. And I was just like, wow, I've never heard something like that. Because I think the only other musical Broadway production I saw was like Lion King when I was a kid. And it's Lion King, you know, you see everyone dancing with all the props and stuff is really cool because they brought an animation to life. And I was like, whoa, like, that's cool. Like, I don't know. From what I remember, it was awesome. But in the same sense with Hamilton, like, I didn't know my history, but I was like, wow, this is a cool spin on what I'm used to. And my, co- and my younger cousin, he loves theater. And so I've been watching him perform since he was little. I think one of his bigger performances, oh man, I'm blanking. Jess, you've talked about this play before. Matilda. Yes, thank you. That was that one. Mm-hmm. When he did that, I was like, wow, like theater. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm slowly growing an appreciation for it. And it could just be because my younger cousin has a really big heart and passion for it. Yeah. Also, like, just to add to that, when musical theater people, like, sing or, like, listen to soundtracks, you know, we're not, we're not listening to the song. We're listening or we're thinking about that part in the play, in the show, where it's coming from. Like, we're not just, like, jamming, you know, we might be, but we're not just jamming out to a certain song. We're, like, in the actual scene of it. Mm. you know and i think that's why people are a lot of people are like oh no i could never listen to musical theater because there's a lot of dialogue in it and like you know it's not like rhyme scheme whatever it's more like you know just dialogue to each other in music so just like keep that in mind where it's like not that many people can listen to the soundtracks but also we're not just listening to the soundtracks we're actually picturing it in our mind where it's like oh this scene this song I don't know if you know Waitress. I've played it a lot. She used to be mine. That song is very popular, right? Because Sarah Bareilles wrote it. That song is good by itself. And, like, you can listen to that song by itself because it was written by, like, this artist that doesn't do Broadway. But when you know the show, when you have seen the show, know what part that's in, it's that point where it's, like, it breaks your heart. You're not there to listen to it. You're there to be in that scene. I think like mm-hmm. kind of related to that kind of hot take, but I don't really listen to music for its words because I think that's that's just mm-hmm. like the inner drummer in me. I mean, if you ever notice, if there's a song that I clearly don't know, but for some reason I either kind of start saying the words or I predict something like a, a word that's going to say, but I don't sing the whole lyric or you just start seeing me tap beats because as a jazz drummer and that, that's the thing when I'm trying to get back into drums, but I can't play like punk or I can't play rock and other things. Because as a specifically a jazz band drummer, you have to learn how to predict. You have to learn when someone's going to do something so you accent them because there's always a supportive role. So whenever I listen to music, I tend to listen ahead. I'm like, oh, they're probably going to say this word because it goes along with that. But half the time, I'm really listening to the groove. Like, I'm not really there to be there for what the artist might actually be saying or Yeah, that's whatever. why, like, pop punk or, like, screamo, like, drums is is very difficult for, like, any anybody outside of that genre to, like, replicate. It's it's so, like, there's certain parts of, like, certain songs where it's like, where did that come from? Yeah. Or, like, why did that come in? I actually just, like, hurt my wrist the other day because I've, I've been trying to, like, 
drum to like punk stuff and but i'm not trained that way so i'm trying to heal but kind of like unrelated hot take though so i was trying to i'm not good with with hot takes but two things i was thinking of one i was really hoping that the chain smokers album was going to be a hit because like coldplay i love coldplay and this song was great and no it wasn't and then two chance i love you but that album man i'm sorry like trash (laughs) (laughs) i listened to the whole thing and I didn't even realize I listened to the whole thing because when I got to the end, I was like, what did I just even listen to? I, I just, I remember, I remember Mario telling me about it and he's like, I fell asleep. <laughs> I love my car. That's how I feel about folklore. So many people love folklore. I hate folklore. Oh. I hated it. I've been listening. I've had a Concept was like, great. I hated I it. Reputation part of these reasons. So. I went to the Reputation show. That was good. I understand people are getting the she shanties. <laughs> oh my god can oh my god can i just talk Why about this the scene shanties in, in on tiktok can i s- just say the people that are remaking like hip-hop songs like whatever into sea shanties stop it that is a hundred percent colonization get away <laughs> like stop it you don't like why would you why how was that no. that's literal colonization right there <laughs> whatever like yes we love we love culture but like that's not it stop avery avery dog that that chance album dog i downloaded that shit before hopping on a plane in six songs deep i remember sleeping and waking up to the end and i was like i think i just saved myself the trouble (laughs) the only the only song that people um brought out of that album was probably hot shower because the, uh, it's the baby saved his life. Hot shower was like I know. Hot water, hot and shower, that, hot that, like, Sexual song that came out of that album. I I couldn't get into it because it was Chance's like super high voice, and then it was supposed to be like super sexual, and I was like, I I'm can't. super soft. Yes, and it wasn't like how Juke Jam interpret how people interpreted Juke Jam because uh, there Juke was like, a certain like yes. <laughs> sensual okay. not sexual i mean it is sexual but like sensual like mm. vibe that everyone got of juke jam versus like that like club sort of like stripper song that came out of that album that hot shower was also in nobody everybody like at least on twitter was responding with like a sleep gif nobody liked it um, sorry not to bring it back to Hamilton, but like if you if you like Lin Manuel Miranda, if like okay, first of all, stop. If you like Hamilton and you're making Lin Manuel Miranda a meme, just stop, leave, stop. How could you? Like he literally made it happen. And also because you're saying he can't sing or whatever, like you. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. who who like make musicals can't sing. Yeah, they just yeah. know music. He he played it himself because he knows he can make the role happen. You know, people and then yeah. he and then. The people who like brought on talent, they weren't bringing on people to replicate Lin Manuel Miranda. They mm-hmm. were just bringing on people who can be Hamilton, yeah, like, as a character. That's it. Exactly. But also, if you like Hamilton and you actually like Lin Manuel Miranda, and like you were on the Moana hype, yeah, I feel like <laughs> Moana is good. Um, he he only wrote like half of the song, but and and he I wasn't. I one. wouldn't say he was like qualified to make those that kind of music in my mm, opinion i because agree it was like he's latinx mm-hmm. he's not pacific islander yeah yeah i think that's why he didn't write most of the songs i think he w- he was just a producer on it but also he's, he's he was there for the name 
he was there for the hype but also if you actually like his stuff don't stop at hamilton please he has written so much more he's gotten listen to in the heights is like yeah, I really wanna, I wanna see that. Heights, I'm so Listen excited. In the Heights. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And that, that, oh, it's so good. Like, an Anthony a true Jesus Christ, American love. Anthem. Yes. American also, American. if you want, like, a short intro, uh, listen to 21 Chump Street, please. Yes, it's 15 yeah, minutes yeah. long. It is so good. Time, it was so cute. It's <laughs> good. It. Like, oh. And also, like, if you're and actually all, into all the musical theater, all the people that you love in Hamilton are in Twenty One Trump Street. Anthony yeah. Ramos is in Twenty One Trump Street. And in the so, Heights. Like, so is and um, in the Heights. Chris That's Jackson, his son. Right? Chris Jackson was not in. No wait, no, wasn't he? Not anyone. Probably in in the Heights. Let me see. I have it out. I don't know. He they work together on a lot of stuff. But also, if you actually like musical theater, listen to Bring It On. Not that many people know, but Lynn wrote that, and it's a mm-hmm. good musical. Like, it's good. It, it's like Mean Girls vibes. It's literally like, bring it on, you know? Just listen to it, please. But, like, really, listen to 21 Chump Street and In the Heights. Those are, like, my top two. You better listen to it. If you say you like Hamilton and you say you like Lin-Manuel, you better listen to it. And that's, that's, I'm forcing you. This I, is I one thing you cannot. I don't, like, bring it on and, like, the vibes that it brings. That, that's the only reason. Just, that's why I don't. <laughs> Okay, I know. I know you're going to have that reaction. I don't care. <laughs> why Why don't... Why? 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 Because <laughs> I just don't like it. But which the, part I of mean, it? Because okay. I, can, I can agree on some stuff, you know? I think in the same way that I view, like, Mean Girls and, like, view... If you say Heather... I don't know. Gonna... I don't know. Like, there, there's a lot of, like, media that are similar to Bring It On that I just don't like like legally and that, it's personally for like me just because i don't i don't have that capacity to like it and not to say that they aren't good media at all like everyone can like how they how they are i i personally just don't bring my i think i all. think the characters are annoying i can't like not say that i think the characters are not are absolutely annoying. i mean that's that's one part of why i don't like it but sure it's just how i am they're they're very like there are very like certain things that I just don't like and then do like. I'm a bow yeah. out. If anybody if does are... like bring it on, please contact me and we can watch it together. We'll stream it together. Thank you. Also, if you, if you have something that like you have to say to me in terms of like my opinions about anything, go ahead. Say it to me. I don't care. You think is I give a like, fuck? I, no. Is it like is it like that I don't wanna say genre, but like you know, like in like the two thousands, those like movies. Yes. Is is yes. like those movies? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah they're not for everybody i think it's not more of like a they're good movies but i think it's just that they're popular and you know people just watch it just i'm not not trying to be the person who's like oh it's so popular i fucking hate it like i'm not trying to be that person sometimes it just doesn't click with everybody yeah it just doesn't click humor is for certain people like yeah, it, it's, so, it's it. very like not my my. It's not. Mm-hmm. I'd actually be more surprised if you liked it. <laughs> to be Absolutely honest. same. Yeah, I mean, you guys knowing me, like it'd be very surprising in terms of like liking those type of things. So yeah. See, so, yeah, yeah. as your firstborn, I'm your complete opposite, but also your mini person at the exact same time. I know, man. 
you're like yeah. your own person but then you're so like me yeah <laughs> <laughs> of music albums I, this one just came to my head just because like it was just such a big disappointment for me if you think justin bieber's changes album was good i have serious questions for you because that was no. like changes. that's the one with that was the um, newest one where he was like he was like my album is an r&b rap i don't know why it's a oh, oh not good yeah it was just not good that's the one with yummy right yeah and why the fuck did that get nominated it's so because like, uh, of the dance about that is, like okay that got nominated sorry but like Kaylani's album didn't get nominated let's let's be honest it got nominated because of the the royal family dancers they they made it where like everyone yeah. wanted to rewatch that video and it got stuck in everyone's head that's the i honestly think other than cl um cl the korean artist like aside from her becoming solo i honestly think that that song what is it something bitches became super like popular and it was because of royal family they're just so good they're so iconic let's make a dance dance episode where we just talk about freaking dance. Do you guys remember Ian Eastwood? Sorry. We love Ian Eastwood. Off topic. Ian Off topic. Brian I'm going to make a note <laughs> so I can. We can say it for another episode. <laughs> Megan, but. No. She's still current, but. Sorry. Yeah. Off topic. If you like that, if you like that album, I, I, I don't know. And then that whole argument of like, you know, it was an R&B album. No, it was not. No, it was not. Even like the R&B songs that he tried to do, I feel like. It wasn't R&B. It really wasn't. He let his features, like, take the spotlight for it. If anything shined the light on the features, he put nothing into those songs. If anything, on that album, I liked when he did his acoustic stuff. But the problem was, also, the way the album was structured, like, all of the R&B, he put all of, like, his features, like, in the beginning, and then at the end, I think, were his best songs. But those are just, like, his acoustic songs, or it was just him and the guitar. And, like, he actually saying like about like his actual feelings and like you know he showed off his voice like a little bit but it just annoyed me that he put that at the end you know and so it just felt the whole it just made the whole album just feel like a whole just like big marketing thing and just like it was for them like it just didn't sit right with me for that marketing wise wouldn't it wouldn't it make more sense to put yummy at the end so people like listen to it like the whole album first before they you get put, to the single? Yeah. If I anything, mean, they okay. put a yummy remix at the end with Summer Walker. But Yes. That's what I was going to say. Good. Like, if you're going to put yeah. an original, it has to be at the at the very front. In the way that, a bi- like, in a business aspect. Like, if you put as a almost single, you're going to want to put mm-hmm. it at the front. But then, if you want to put something that's like yeah. that song, but then, like, you want someone to really listen to, you're going to put it at the end. Anthony Fantano, everybody's favorite musical nerd. He said that the Yummy Country remix. Be- there was a country remix of it? Why are there so, so many country remixes in general? Yeah, he said it was the worst song ever made in the entirety of 2020. Like it shouldn't exist. Now that you bring up country, sorry, country. I'm not a fan. Sorry, John. I hate you, yeah, country. I'm not, I hate sorry, it. I'm not sorry, John. I fucking hate I don't fuck. <laughs> country is a genre I do not mind getting rid of. Sorry. <laughs> I could listen to like Casey Musgraves because she's like on the brink, but like she's like she's like yeah, she's like they don't like country, it, but not really. Like but like if yeah, she's borderline. Make, like if you have to make an excuse to like it, you don't really like. It. That's yeah. Thing. I think it's just I've heard too many country songs from people about like beer tractors. Tractors. <laughs> it's, 
tractors, pickup trucks, and boots. <laughs> I've heard too many songs about just those things that now I'm just like I can't I can't listen to it because I hear it in almost every single song. There's at least one lyric about it. All right, guys, and that's going to be it for today's Wine Thursday podcast episode. Before we go, I just want to give a special shout out to our boy Nico and Hannah. They have a song up on Spotify called First Date. Search them up by Simply. That's Nico's artist name. And if you want to check out Nico's other stuff, you can also check out his YouTube at Simply NKO. That's right, Simply NKO, all capitalized. And before I forget, if you haven't watched last week's episode, please make sure to give it a check right over here. Yeah, that thing. You see that? If you have not seen it, press it now. Just kidding. Press it when you feel like it. But without further ado, thank you so much, guys, for watching this week's episode. And as always, we give a toast and a cheers. Cheers! cheers.